Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. And make sure to check out sportshistorynetwork.com slash giveaways. I have two signed books I'm giving away. One is titled No Nonsense Old School Weight Training, and the other is Reliving 1970s Old School Football. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Now, live and direct from the press box at Old Comiskey Park, it's time for When Football Was Football. Let's join your host, Joe Ziemba, with another forgotten tale from Chicago's pro football history. Let's go! Thank you, and welcome to this special bonus episode of When Football Was Football, here on the Sports History Network. With all of the hype now delivered and the big day finally arriving, we'll take you back to December 14, 1947, when the Chicago Bears and the Cardinals met in Chicago to determine the NFL's Western Division Championship. It had already been an unusual decade for both teams, Each organization survived the horrors of World War II and moved forward to this glorious day. For the Bears, another appearance in the championship game was expected. After all, the team under George Hallis had already captured four NFL titles during the 1940s. The Cardinals, however, had endured a completely different scenario. At one time, from 1942 through 1945, the club had dropped a record 29 straight games. As such, this appearance in the Western Division title game was both appreciated and unusual. With both teams holding 8-3 records, the winner would be eligible for the NFL Championship game later in the month against an opponent to be determined. Both Pittsburgh and Philadelphia entered the final week of the regular season with hopes of claiming that honor in the Eastern Division. The Steelers held an 8-4 mark on December 14, 1947, and had concluded their schedule. The Eagles were just a step behind at 7-4, but would need a win over Green Bay on the 14th in order to forge a tie with the Steelers and force a playoff for the division crown. With the NFL Western Division title on the line, both the Bears and the Cardinals continued their pregame preparations for that upcoming contest 75 years ago today. By Saturday, December 13, 1947, both teams were confident in their game plans and their overall preparation for the battle to be held on the 14th at Wrigley Field in Chicago. With each club checking in with an 8-3 record, only the winner would move forward to the upcoming NFL Championship clash against the still undecided Eastern Division champ. While Pittsburgh maintained that slight edge in the East, There was nothing the idle Steelers could do on December 14th except await the final score of the Eagles-Packers outing. If the Packers won, the divisional race was all over. However, if Philadelphia grabbed the victory, there would be a playoff game with the Steelers on December 21st to determine the Eastern representative in the NFL title game. Frank O'Gara of the Philadelphia Inquirer hoped beyond hope that his Eagles might have the slightest chance to upend the invading Packers, he said. The Eagles know that their courage and finesse must overcome their other deficiencies and bring them a victory over Green Bay. 
or they will be forced to take the runner-up berth in the Eastern Division for the fourth straight year. O'Gara also slipped a bit in his assumptions by adding, If there is no playoff in either division, the league title game will be at Wrigley Field next Sunday, December 21st. A playoff would defer it to December 28th. Either way, O'Gara neglected to mention that the Bears would first need to defeat the Cardinals in order to host the league title clash. Part of this equation was settled quickly as Superback Steve Van Buren led the Eagles to a comfortable and surprising 28-14 conquest of Green Bay. And the Philadelphia Inquirer was elated, saying, Crippled and undermanned, the birds rose to the heights they never attained at full strength to defeat the heavily favored Green Bay Packers 28-14. And Steve Van Buren became the greediest groundhog in the history of the National Football League by gaining 96 yards for a total of 1,008, four more than the previous mark. Van Buren's rushing total surpassed the record of the Bears' beady feathers in 1934 when the latter picked up 1,004 yards during the season. Back in Chicago, as excited fans jammed into Wrigley Field on December 14th, no one seemed to care that the temperature would not exceed the mid-20s. A frozen turf, ancient NFL rivals, and the opportunity to witness the likely two best teams in the league was certainly an attraction. In addition, the Cardinals chose this day to honor a veteran lineman by holding Ray Apalkus Day prior to the game. Apalkus would be presented with, quote, a convertible coupe, a radio set, a motion picture set, and other gifts, unquote, according to the Chicago Tribune. Fans who could not secure a ticket into Wrigley Field could listen to the game on either WIND or WJJD in Chicago, or watch the battle on WBKB if they were fortunate enough to have access to a television in 1947. As it was, a crowd of 48,632 piled into Wrigley Field to witness the action. The Cardinals won the toss. And it was a dream come true for Coach Jimmy Councilman of the Cards. Councilman and his key assistants, Phil Handler and Buddy Parker, had spotted a possible flaw in the Bears' defense where a slower linebacker could be exploited by a speedy Cardinals receiver. However, the Cardinals receiver identified by Councilman for this responsibility, Dave Dementiev, was unable to practice all week due to being with his wife during her labor. Once a beautiful baby girl was born, Dementiev was only able to review his responsibilities on a chalkboard, but Councilman hoped for the best. The key to the whole scheme would be to run the play just once early in the game before the Bears could make adjustments. If run properly, which was never a given in the National Football League, the Cardinals just might be in the right place at the right time to grab a quick lead. Councilman said, we did win the toss, and the Bears kicked over the goal line. The ball was brought out to the 20, and Paul Chrisman, the quarterback, called for the key play. The defensive left halfback of the Bears was pulled toward the center of the field on a fake by our right end Mel Kuttner. 
Babe Dementia swung to the outside, followed by the slower linebacker of the Bears. Babe gradually pulled away from him, and then at the 40-yard line, he turned and Chrisman threw the long pass. In the Chicago Daily News, reporter Harry Shear wrote, No one could catch the Babe now. Chrisman hung the ball on a string perfect, and Dementia dragged it in with a brilliant try in the Bear 49. He was off and away, 80 yards for a touchdown, just 16 seconds after the opening whistle. Councilman added, it worked perfectly. Babe grabbed it and streaked for a touchdown. We kicked the point and we were off to the 7-0 lead we figured we needed. The trick play had worked for the enterprising Cardinals, even if the team was never able to practice it. The card surged to a 27-7 halftime advantage and easily defeated the Bears 30-21 to win the Western Division title and qualify for the NFL Championship game on December 28th. But it all came back to that first play of the game and set the table for what would become a satisfying victory for the Cardinals, said Councilman. We knew it would work. Every guy in the team played it perfectly. The most vital play of the game. We will resume our series on the 1947 Chicago Cardinals championship run on December 18th. While the Cards were secure with their spot in the title match, they would need to begin preparations without knowing who their opponent might be. Thank you, as always, and please join us on December 18th for another bonus episode of When Football Was Football. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. We at the Sports History Network are so glad to introduce to you a new addition to our lineup. Gridiron Greats Magazine Podcast is a weekly podcast that focuses on the history and memorabilia of North American football since its inception in 1869. It's hosted by Bob Swick, the publisher and editor of Gridiron Greats Magazine, and Joe Squires, a longtime contributor to that magazine. The podcast was launched in 2017 and has over 150 episodes that you can listen to now on a Sports History Network, as well as your favorite podcast provider. So join Bob and Joe as they go through football history, talking about the memorabilia and the great legendary players and games of the American Gridiron on the Gridiron Greats Magazine Podcast.